All right, tonight let's go to this uh, little mini-series I wanted to go through. I was stirred as a pastor to make sure that I'm uh, feeding the flock of Christ Community Church in what I believe are necessary and vital uh, messages for this day and this hour. As you look around you, you see all sorts of things being torn down and all sorts of uh, craziness and an activity uh, basically warring over what does this country stand for anymore. And uh, it, it is a time of renovation. It is a time when crisis can produce change and should produce change. Uh, the Lord knows that America it needs to repent of its sins that have, they have carried for way too long in violation of their own declaration and constitution. We have failed to up, live up to what we had promised all citizens. And so there's a crisis in the land. Now, crisis can do two things. Crisis can bring a resolution for a better plan. That's what I'm hopeful for. Or crisis can bring uh, destruction and failure. And we do not want to go in that direction. And so in what I've been presenting to you, the Lord spoke to my heart, that verse that he spoke in the book of Revelation to the seven churches and especially to Laodicea. He said, wake up. Wake up, church, and strengthen that which remains. And so that led me to what remains in this nation, and something that remains in this nation and a very solid foundation are the Declaration of Independence and our Constitution with its Bill of Rights. Those are such biblical, Judeo-Christian, strong ethics that we want to strengthen them so that they will remain for this nation. It's the only hope we have for this nation is to go back to the principles the founding fathers laid. And they have been failed and uh, we've not lived up to them. So what, what we don't want to do is trash them. What we want to do is restore and get back to what we should be doing based on those documents. They're already ratified. We don't have to reinvent anything. Let's, how about stick to what we've been given to uphold? It's what's made this nation great for so many years. So let's restore what is broken down and where we failed. And so this is the last of the series tonight that I'm going to share with you on this. Basically three messages. The first one was on the Declaration of Independence. You remember that America was founded uh, on the world's court uh, as the founders decreed out to all the nations, there is a time based on nature and nature's God that a nation must split from the tyranny of leadership that is oppressing it, and it made an appeal to all the nations that we need to do this, and it's self-evident as to why. It wasn't rebellion, it wasn't anarchy, it was something that was measured and presented to the world at that time. And so they went forward with it, and this declaration says, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. I don't know about you, but that's a nation I want to live in, and those are principles I want to live by. 
But unfortunately, and it is true in our history, we failed that for all the people and citizens of this nation. How many of you know that? So we need to get that right. Wouldn't you agree? I don't want to get rid of that. And anything you could add can't be said any better than that. So let's restore that belief and that declaration that it is self-evident that men are created equal. Now here, I won't go back into these issues, but you can't have man being created equal unless there is a creator who created all mankind. You take away the creator and then what you have is Darwinism and evolution and you have uh, this racism that was created out of it. The Bible doesn't speak of racism. There's only one race in the Bible, the human race. All men are created and all women in the image of God. And we've got to get back to those principles. And then the second thing we looked at was the Constitution of the United States, which brilliantly split the power system in the United States into three branches, the executive, the legislative, and the judicial, so that there wouldn't be tyranny, but there would be an equal balance of powers so that one group couldn't take over and run everything. I think we should keep that. I don't know about you. I don't want to tear that down. So I think that's brilliant. Let's build that back up. Let's restore that. Now, I know that there have been abuses in the judicial system. We've seen that over and over, haven't we? And we've also seen it in the legislative and the executive branches of power. So let's get back to the original design and let's call for uh, those in leadership to get back to the original design. Amen. And then we moved on from there to a discussion on the Bill of Rights. And last week we looked at the First Amendment of the Bill of Rights. And the Bill of Rights is the first ten amendments of the Constitution, which guarantees civil rights and liberties to individuals in that country. And so if you'll remember, we talked about it last week, that the, the uh Framers of the Constitution felt that there was enough in the Constitution to do that, and others were saying, no, 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 we need to add these amendments specifically so that the federal government doesn't go haywire and take away rights and privileges to individuals. Again, brilliant as a nation and as a country, protecting the rights of the individual citizens. It doesn't get any better than this. But again, we have failed, and we've understood why we've failed, because of the sinfulness of men's hearts, because of power hunger, because of financial hunger, and riches, and pride, and evil. It has distorted what was written and went after so that people could have their power and their money. So we need to go back and restore and build up what remains. So what we're going to do tonight is just do a brief run-through of those 10 amendments uh, that constitute the Bill of Rights. Now, last week we looked at the First Amendment. Many of us didn't realize there are five sections to the First Amendment, probably one of the most important amendments we have, and that was the freedom of religion. Can I get an amen on that? Yeah. Aren't you glad that this country, this nation cannot come against our practice of religion? Now, uh, right now, I was just talking to a pastor on uh, Monday night, I, I had a meeting, and uh, talking to a pastor from Boston, and in Boston, they cannot assemble. The, the government said, you can't meet. Now, that is a violation of the First Amendment in the Bill of Rights, and, and that has to be dealt with. 
So anytime we see violations, we need to cry out. And uh, we have that right to do it because of this First Amendment. The freedom of religion, the freedom of speech, the freedom of press, the freedom to gather and protest, and the freedom to petition this, this nation. Now we've seen where each of these is allowed, and we've seen where it's been failed and abused, haven't we? So throw it all out? No. Restore it back to order. Amen? And so the freedom of religion is awesome. Now, folks, you've got to understand this. You know, there's some folks who we have the freedom of religion. This is a Christian nation, so all other religions get out. Well, now you're violating the First Amendment. We, we believe in God. We believe in Jesus Christ. We believe in what is true, and God is big enough to allow other folks to try and find their way and find their religion and so forth, but it gives us the freedom to preach to them and share that news with them so that they can find the light. God doesn't coerce anyone or force anyone. And so we believe in the freedom of religion. We believe in the freedom of speech. And that freedom of speech even gives the opportunity for someone to say something you don't like. That's called freedom of speech. And it may hurt your feelings. But that's freedom of speech. And if you take that away, then the authorities will take all freedom of speech away. We don't want that. So some folks need to get a little thicker skin. They get offended by... Uh, differing opinions freedom of the press now freedom of the press is uh, the right to publish all of our speech all of our opinions and so forth uh, what we would hope for is that we would have some level of objective news unfortunately we have not now our freedom is is to no longer listen to it and no longer pay into it or purchase it Freedom to gather, the right to petition, the right to protest peacefully. But the minute we cross the line and start breaking the law and hurting others and hurting other property, that's no longer the right to gather and petition. That is violence and that is against the law. And so I'm, I'm, I'm heartbroken personally. I'm really heartbroken because I see that we have a moment in history right now for this nation to finally get a message and understand that yes, black lives matter, that yes, we have been offensive and we have failed African Americans miserably in this nation. And this is an opportunity for us to really get that, get a hold of it and change things, but that immediately morphed into an anarchist political group that took it and has now caused it to be something else. And it stole that moment and I'm angry about that. It stole that moment from, from us really coming to a resolve and helping our racial reconciliation. And, and Antifa and these other anarchists have stolen that ideology, wearing it as an outfit, but doing something completely different than what the, the ideology is meant to do. And that makes me upset. If you can't see through it, understand that that is not the movement of, of truly understanding Black Lives Matter. That is an anarchist movement that is trying to tear down the government. They're mad because of what's happened. But again, what, everything is right. What we need is already here. Let's get it right. Now, the Second Amendment. Amen. The right to keep and to bear arms. Now, this was developed because the government can bring tyranny, can it? 
all right? Now, I was with a brother in, in Hong Kong in China, an American uh, that grew up in the United States, but he's a missionary in Hong Kong. He hasn't been in the United States in over 25 years. And uh, it's interesting to hear Christian responses uh, that are outside the United States. And for him, it's like, why do you guys have so many guns, man? The United States is so filled with guns. It's ridiculous. And from his point of view as a Christian, it's why such violence and why such guns? Why do you all need guns? But it's gotten to a place in this country where everybody's got guns. <laughs> and I don't know how you can collect them back and have everybody live in peace and harmony. That just doesn't happen. So we have the right, and one of the main reasons that the founders wrote this in is that they didn't want to see the government take over in tyranny the rights of the individuals. And so that's why there's the Second Amendment and people have different opinions and positions and so forth. And you know what? It's good to argue those positions. It's good to discuss them. It's good to find a resolution. What works, what doesn't work. All right? We don't have to divide ourselves over when we have arguments opposing our views. We don't have to split and say, uh, demonize the other side. And we, we need to figure out a way to make it better. Has anybody been in a marriage here? Has anybody been married? You got to work through it, don't you? You got to come to a better resolution when you have trouble. So we need to do that. Amendment three, government cannot force people to house and feed soldiers. I'm good with that one. How about you? Back in the American Revolution, when the British were here, they forced people, for, when soldiers would come in from Great Britain, they'd come and take over your house and they'd live in it. And they wrote in the amendments, you can't do that to somebody's personal property. So you can't just come in and confiscate and take our home as soldiers or police. We might need that amendment. <laughs> I don't know when. All right, Amendment 4. No unreasonable searches or seizures. This is, this is actually a, a pretty good one, wouldn't you say? You can't come into my home and go through my belongings because they're protected from unreasonable searches or seizures. You must present a warrant and it must be issued uh, by probable cause and must specifically describe the place to be searched and the person or thing to be seized. Okay? Why, why would we have that? Again, to protect us from a police state where they can stop and take anything, search anything, and do whatever they want because they feel like it. And so we need to protect ourselves from that. Do you see that what this Constitution, what these Bill of Rights are constantly doing is trying to protect people's sovereign freedom from tyranny and power? All right? That's what it was supposed to do. The Fifth Amendment. Uh, persons cannot be forced to give evidence against themselves. How many of you have seen anybody in court and say, I plead the Fifth? Because you don't have to present evidence that would incriminate yourself. And so you have the right to an attorney. You have a right to counsel. All right? And uh, also under the Fifth Amendment, if a person is found not guilty of a crime, you cannot be put on trial again for the same crime. So the federal government cannot unfairly take people's lives, freedom, or property. The government must pay a person for any property that it takes for public use. Well, we've seen some abuses in that too, where the government's been seizing property and taking land and so forth. And so we've got a Bill of Rights that we need to use to protect ourselves. Sixth Amendment. 
guarantees a speedy and public trial by an impartial jury if a person is accused of a crime. The accused has the right to be told what they are accused of. They have the right to a lawyer. They have a right to see and to question those people who accuse them of the crime. That's supposed to be happening. Large number of the population, that doesn't happen to. And so we, we again, we need to see... I, can I tell you that half the time this stuff and these abuses are going on is because nobody's holding the uh, uh, government accountable. So if we, the people who this is written for, would get a little more involved, can I tell you why we're not involved? Because we're so prosperous, we're so blessed, that we're out playing with all our toys. And the trouble doesn't come to our house. But there's a lot of people in a great portion of our society who are terribly afflicted by this, getting their houses and their properties seized constantly. And people go, oh, no, well, that, 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 was a, that was a while ago. That doesn't still happen. I know a number of people who don't want to drive through East Point and Roseville because of the color of their skin, because they're going to get stopped. And they're going to get searched. So we got to get this stuff settled. Would you agree? How about righteousness and justice for all? Amen? That's what this stuff is based on. So let's get back to that. Let's understand it. The Seventh Amendment guarantees a trial by jury in civil cases. The Eighth Amendment. This amendment guarantees that excessive bail or excessive fines will not be imposed and that punishment will not be cruel and unusual. Now that's, that's how they're supposed to treat you. What happens once you're in jail? I, I don't know. That's a whole nother world, isn't it? And that needs to be cared about. Amendment 9. The people have other rights than those found and stated in the Constitution of the United States. That's an interesting amendment. What it's saying is this, that you actually have more rights than what is listed in the Constitution of the United States, which is over the federal government. You have rights within your state and you have individual rights in your cities that are not listed in the Constitution of the United States. So it's just saying you have more rights than you even realize and that this Constitution doesn't cover all of your rights. And again, if we don't understand them, we will lose them. The Tenth Amendment is this. This amendment states that the people have all rights not given to the United States government or forbidden to state governments by the U.S. Constitution. In other words, as I had stated earlier, there are states' rights. Each state can decide different jurisdictions and laws different than what the federal government has said. And so we had in this state abortion laws, and we had state laws banning abortion. We had laws that banned homosexual marriage. We had laws that were set up. Now, unfortunately, the judicial branch, some judge in the federal government said they're unconstitutional according to the U.S. Constitution. Though we differed to agree to that as states, but here's a situation where they overruled that. So there are differing, you know, different states have different laws that they've enacted that the Constitution doesn't have authority over. Because as a state, you've made those decisions. It's once they re reach the Supreme Court that 
they can make jurisdiction as to whether it's constitutional or not. That's why it's very important as to who you elect as president who elects those judges to the Supreme Court. If you get liberal judges to the Supreme Court who do not follow the Judeo-Christian ethic, you're going to get ethics that are not biblical or, as we know, a blessing to all the citizens. So we need conservative judges to the Supreme Court. So many times we may not like the president and we may not like the person that they are or their attitude, but if they're going to elect the right judges to keep a balance of power in the legislature, we need to watch that. There's a lot of angles to watch here, isn't there? But you know what? We're built on a personality cult. We're a people based on personality, whether I like him or not, whether he dresses nice, whether he's funny on TV, whether he, you know what? You need to go a little deeper than that, don't we? As Christians, amen. Now, how many of you know that in fact, in total, there are 27 amendments to the Constitution and the Bill of Rights that have been added through the years? Now, here's a couple. Let me just read you a couple. Uh, Amendment 13, abolish slavery. Why did we have slavery? You know, when you think about it. Now, early on, Samuel Hopkins, one of the early uh, leaders uh, and many, uh, even uh, Alexander Hamilton, there were people who were ferociously against slavery and abolitionists. And uh, so there were many. There was a war and a fight going on writing the Constitution that there shouldn't be slavery. And some... Uh, passed it and continued on with slavery. And the problem is that that was a contradiction to the Declaration of Independence. Wouldn't you agree? So right off the bat, we had, we had a uh, something wonky here. <laughs> something contrary to what we said we believed in. It took about 80 years to get this amendment in. And a civil war. But it, it got there. But some people abolished slavery, but if you understand what they were doing, they just switched things because slavery at one time, this was before the Industrial Revolution, there were, were no machines for the fields. The machines were people. And so what they would do is they abolished slavery, but when it came time for harvest and time for picking cotton and time for that, they would go and make a bunch of laws to round up and arrest the workers, the people that they wanted out in their fields. And they would abuse the power and put them on a chain gang in the fields. So they, they still maintain slavery, just in a different way. We shouldn't stand for that, should we? Shouldn't the church stand up? And the church needs to speak out on it. We need to be aware of it. That was a while ago. Uh, here's Amendment 15. Pro prohibits the denial of the right to vote. And that's for all people, for all men. Sorry, it was just men. In other words, all races. Amendment 15 says that all races, men can vote, no matter what your race is or your religious background. Sorry, ladies, you didn't get the right to vote till Amendment 19. And that was uh, after Prohibition. Remember, uh, uh, Amendment 18 was Prohibition. No alcohol. That didn't work too well. That amendment was repealed. <laughs> and then women got the right to vote. Suffragette movement. And uh, again, uh, you know, 
women having the right to vote took a long time to get there. Again, doesn't that sound like a violation, basically, of our declaration that everybody has the right of equal say and rights? So what I'm saying is this. We were not a perfect nation. We've got a great, it's great to put your principles down. It's hard to live by them. Right? Does that sound familiar, Christian? We've got everything written down on righteousness and how we should live. But how many of you fail the Constitution of the Word of God? Okay? So let's understand something. We don't have to get all freaked out because of what's happening right now. There have been riots. There have been wars. There have been all sorts of these issues throughout the history of the United States. And it is a stretching and a growing pain to get a more perfect government in this land. So if we would go back to the original and use it to effectively recenter and set the course of this nation, we can become a better nation. That's what I'm hoping for. That's why I want to get in this thing and steer it towards righteousness and not give up and say, forget it, it's all over, we're done, oh no, no way. I'm not going to let a bunch of people, crybabies or anarchists, take over what is an excellent nation and what is a profound document. So let's steer it. Let's get out and let's tell everybody this is the way we should go. Yes, it has failed. I don't want to go back. No, going back will offend and hurt too many people that have been abused. I want to go forward and get it right. Amen? That's what Jesus does with us. How about that? It's called redemption. Let's redeem these United States. And so he says, wake up. And he says, strengthen that, what, that which remains. So we looked at ten amendments. Let's look at ten commandments. Huh? These used to be allowed in public display. But it offended the atheists, and they got rid of them, right? And it has caused a real problem in this nation, because if you have no authority, if you have no, uh, 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 what's the word, respect for higher authority, you're not going to have respect for any authority. And that's atheism brings an anarchy spirit. No accountability. So if I'm not going to have a God that I'm accountable to, I'm certainly not going to be accountable to a president. I'm not going to be accountable to uh, uh, the laws of the land. I'm not going to be accountable to the police. I'm not going to be accountable to my parents. I'm not going to be accountable, right? That's a problem. The Ten Commandments are valuable. It's an ethical code. Now, we're talking about as Christians, the nation, and having a constitution, a declaration of independence, and a bill of rights that are essential documents and excellent for us to move forward to. But we don't have a right to say anything if as Christians we fail our own constitution and commandments of God. So I'm going to say them. Let's see how you're doing with them. All right? Let's have no other gods before me. Christians, there is no other God, and there is no other name by which men can be saved but Jesus Christ. Amen? The revelation of God the Father come in the flesh, that's Jesus Christ, and there's no other name by which man can be saved. 
Now, unfortunately, there are many churches who no longer believe that Jesus is the only way to God. That is a complete failure of Christianity and is heresy. So, there is only one way. It's through Jesus Christ. No other person died for our sins. Number two, you're not to make any graven images to worship them. You can't be worshiping idols and images uh, of God. Because God is spirit. And he's not to be kept and worshipped as a, a piece of stone or a wood or rock. He's the living God. Amen? Thirdly, we're not to take the Lord's name in vain. Don't you find it interesting that cursing all over the world has one name they cursed most? Jesus Christ. I thought you were atheist. Why are you using that? Can't you come up with a different name? Why do you have to offend all Christians by using that name in vain, right? But it's more than that. It's more than just using the name of the Lord. It literally means representing God in vain. You say you're a Christian, but you don't behave as Jesus and the Spirit calls you to behave in righteousness. That's taking the Lord's name in vain. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. Yeah. So if I'm a professing Christian and I am a hypocrite not living up to what I profess, I'm sinning against the name of Jesus Christ. Let's get that right. Number four, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. The day of Sabbath is, as the writer of Hebrews says, today. So that when I wake up tomorrow, the Sabbath is today. Because my Sabbath rest is Jesus Christ, the Lord of the Sabbath. I have entered the rest Israel had longed to enter into. That rest is Jesus Christ. We go on, honor your father and mother. Again, honoring the authorities in your life. If you can't honor mom and dad, then you're not going to honor the authorities of your teachers. You're not going to honor the authorities of your police. You're not going to honor the authorities of your government. And you are going to be at odds with people the rest of your life. And that's trouble for most people. Thou shalt not kill. That idea is murder. You're not to take someone else's life. Seven, thou shalt not commit adultery. That is, if you're covenanted to one person, you're not supposed to have sex with somebody else. Thou shalt not steal. That's taking somebody else's property. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shouldn't lie. You don't tell lies about somebody else. And third, tenth, uh, you shall not covet. Basically anything. You don't need to be coveting. What coveting it is, is desiring and wanting what doesn't belong to you. And so these are the Ten Commandments. So we should be living under these commandments well. And the reason is, is we now have them written in us through the indwelling Holy Spirit. Israel had to do their best in their own effort. We've got the one who wrote those, the finger of God who wrote them on a stone is living in me. So when I'm going and failing at some of these, he's immediately calling me into repentance and to alignment. Thank God for that. So Christians should be absolutely different in character and righteousness than the rest of the world. How about that? How are we doing on that? We need to do a little better, right? Amen. If we're going to lead this nation... 
Should I have an expectation? Should the Lord Jesus have an expectation that Christians would lead a nation? Should that be an expectation? Let me think. Let me think of what reference I could have. Hmm, we should be a light to the world. We should be salt to the earth, right? So in everything we do, in life and in godliness, it is righteousness in God. So this evening, I want to conclude by declaring what remains in our lives, what we do believe, what is our foundation, what is our Bill of Rights, what is our Constitution. It's what we believe as a people. Would you stand with me tonight? The best thing that we can give to this nation is the love of Jesus Christ and our faith. Amen? So I would ask you in closing tonight to repeat the Apostles' Creed with me. Amen? Let's say it together. I believe in God the Father Almighty creator of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen, amen, and amen. To help some of you, you, some of you had a problem with saying the Catholic Church. Catholic is a Latin word that means universal. There is one body of Christ, one church, all denominations, one Catholic or universal body of Christ, okay? All right, so you can get through that and understand that. Let us pray. Father, we thank you tonight that we are valuable citizens to this nation, that we have sat back too long at the injustices, we've been silent too long at the unrighteousness, and God, because of who you are in us, you put us here to be salt and light. God, we want to restore the foundations of this nation, but we must first walk in the foundations of our faith. What kind of a citizen would we be to heaven, let alone to this nation, if we did not obey our Lord and Master Jesus Christ? Forgive us our sins, Lord God, and watch over us, I pray, that, Lord, you would begin to encourage and build up your church to rise in this hour and to be a light for this nation in righteousness and justice. Father, use us to speak to many who are bewildered and fearful that God is on the throne and prayer changes things and this nation can 
move into its greatest hour if we, the people of God, would pray for that to happen.